the new channel. The new channel. Hashtag TNC Now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms a community that sees and shares all things new. This is Francis Bauer streaming from San Mateo, California. You're watching Design Your Life on TNC. Do you like to watch and live vicariously through others' family lives, travels, relationships, passions? This show is here to encourage you to go beyond just dreaming. We'll show you some things that'll stretch your beliefs, and you'll meet some people whose real-world experiences and perspectives just might help you figure out how to go after the life you want, and maybe even break some mental barriers you didn't realize you had. This is Design Your Life with Francis Bauer. Today's guest is international race car driver, Philippine FIAA ambassador, and motorsport developer, my good friend, Don Pastor. Hi, Don. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Francis, for having me. Awesome. Thank yes. You, everyone, for watching. Yeah, and thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Um, anyhow, so, I mean, I know that your fans will know quite a bit about you and where you've been and what you've been up to, but I don't know that the story has been told how you got started in racing. Care to share? Yeah, sure. Uh, basically, it's always been a father-son uh, hobby. Uh, basically, become a passion and became a career. Uh, first, uh, it was a story between my dad and the family. My dad just surprised everyone in the family. Just say, you know, hey, everyone get ready and dress up, put the tie in your sport. And uh, we all got ready, knowing that we we're going to go swimming. Uh, we just arrived at the racetrack. We were all weirdly guessing and wondering why are we at the racetrack. And, uh, <laughs> all I hear is an announcer say, hey, um, everyone get ready for your race. Five minutes till the, the paddock opens and the, the great commence the race and basically I see my dad gearing up and then as soon as you know it he, he actually started from the back of the, the grid and he overtook everyone and won that race. It was the first race here in the Philippines back in 1995 I believe it was in the racing circuit. It was the first um, inaugural race they did the ribbon, ribbon cutting that day and uh, as a young kid watching my dad at the very um, it inspired me and it, it opened my world into sports. So I think that's the first uh, initial 
thought that ran through my mind and got me involved into and, and basically uh, into racing in general. Wow. So I guess the rest is history, right? You kind of just went from there, yeah. no? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Fun story. Um, so tell us, yeah. uh, tell our audience, what made you decide to do it professionally and you know full time at that? Uh, well, of course, uh, I didn't know anything about motorsports, just like everyone in in life, I guess, you don't know where you're all headed and what you'll be doing for the next couple of years in your life or the next decade or so. So uh-huh. back then, as a child, I didn't know if it was even for me, but you know, I put myself out there. I told my parents that it was okay for me to, to try uh, the sport. So, you know, I first tried out, um, I reached out to programs, clinics, academies that uh, host basically first timers like myself back in the day. And uh, everything snowballed from there. How was that for you, like the first time as you were, you know, trying your trying your wings out? Was it what? What were the thoughts? Was it, it was, were you terrified? Was it what was that like? Tell us about that experience, like the internal, you know, the angel devil on your shoulders. <laughs> yes, of course. As a as a kid, you're not really thinking of the, you know, the the actual accidents that could happen. At first, you know, I was like at all with seeing. Uh, my father race and I thought, oh, it's just pretty nice to, you know, see people race. It looks fast. It's exciting. It's, uh, it's full of adrenaline. So at, at that point in mind, uh, I wasn't really thinking of the tears uh, coming into it. I just kind of dove in. But at the same time, when I actually got into the car or into the go-kart, because I was still young at that time, I started off with the go-kart. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to to think about the idea of it, and it's another thing to actually get involved and sit in the car and feel the the speed and the fears trickle in for the very first time. So of course, you know you're going really fast, and there's moments where you're about to hit the wall, or you're just gonna lock up your brakes and lose control. At the beginning, since you don't know how to control or discipline yourself in the the fundamentals of motorsports or anything in general, of course you're gonna feel afraid. Just like anything, if you're gonna get into business or a new career, since you're not totally aware of the whole spectrum, you're always gonna fear a lot of things coming into it until you master it, until you put hours in the seat time. We call it seat times. Whether you're in the office or putting up a, a business, standing mm-hmm. outside with a kiosk or myself in a race car in, in the seat. Um, if you don't have the seat time and put years or hours of experience in it, there's all these fear factors that's going to come in and mess with your mind. But if you chug through it, then uh, you just experience more through the years, just my, as myself getting into the sport more, realizing, you know, things not to do, things to do. Uh, it just that is yourself and the fear kind of trickles away in time. Yeah. In time. But at the beginning, you're mm-hmm. terrified. <laughs> I imagine. I, can, I mean, it's got to be terrifying until you've had all that seat time. It's, it's got to be. Oh, yeah. 
definitely if like any of you guys like ride with me as passengers which i usually do for first timers <laughs> to visit the track of course mm-hmm. you guys are going to be going like 200 and up kilometers per hour of course it's going to look like it's too fast you know do you even trust who i mean of course i have the credibility but it's that as a passenger as a a spectator or just a, a bystander are you do you trust that I can control? Uh, mm-hmm. Like myself, being a student back then, I was riding shotgun or as passenger to my mentor. And at first, it still it feels thrilling, like you're you're competing in your mind, thinking, okay, I have to trust this guy because he's credible, he knows his craft. But at the same time, if you look at what's happening around you, which is something you're not used to, you're not acclimated <laughs> to the to the, to the environment you're gonna think oh no this is going way too quick for me mm-hmm. are we gonna die this feels like we're gonna die any second so of course all these fears uh trickles in and eventually when you do it enough you're just gonna get used to it and the fear kind of subsides and you start focusing on things that really matter and when you mm-hmm. focus on those things the fear factor goes away because the security and the sense of comfort of knowing your craft uh, it, it's just natural for the for the risk factors to fade away yeah mm. wow so I understand that you also take on students is that right is that still the case anyway are you still taking on students yeah I've been doing this for the past I would say 15 years um, wow. I have a school, it's basically called Raceform Academy. Uh, mm-hmm. We founded it in 2016 in the US, uh, in California. Uh, my partner's um, Travis, Travis Bauer, and then basically we, we moved on to expanding in the Philippines, uh, which is basically, I'm a, you know, I'm a dual citizen, so I'm half Filipino, half American. So with the Filipino side, I wanted to take back some technology that I learned when I was campaigning in the U.S. and uh, teach what I learned and spread it, spread it to the new, newcomers into the sport here in the Philippines. So we we continued since 2019 here in the Philippines, and I've been operating here ever since. So I have a racing school that caters to kids from like seven year olds to I have a 70 year old student. That's wow. Yeah. We also cater to international um, pro racers. Uh, I have people from the U.S. that fly in here in the Philippines. That's um, students of mine in the Formula uh, type of race car. So we do all sorts of cars. There's actually a couple NASCARs behind me, if you can see. Uh, we also have students that sign up for that. Um, but yeah, we. We cater to all sorts of uh, motorsport-related uh, training uh, that has four wheels. Not yeah. only that, we also cater to the things around the racing, mm-hmm. which is we, we train media, so photographers and videographers that want to get into the trade. Um, since the sport is, that basically the sport needs a lot of uh, videographers and photographers in the industry. Uh, there's a lot of those type of photographers and videographers in, like, let's say, weddings or other sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in motorsport, there's very, like, a handful. So 
our, our race form academy is also driven to teaching other trades in the same industry, which is video and media, uh, photography, also agents. We're also teaching agents how to search for sponsorship or do collaboration work with corporations uh, and many more. Uh, anything to do with motorsport in general, not only in the driver's seat, but everything around it as well as the business. Oh, wow. So asking about, I, I'm curious to know, so for your, your, your students, right? What's that like when you first take them on the track? Their first time, you strap them in, you've got all the safety gear. Are they a nervous wreck? Are they confident ng wala sa lugar? Or like, what does that look like? Usually, uh, we, we schedule it out weeks ahead. I have some lectures through the class for, uh, classroom format. Uh -huh. uh, they, they learn the science of it. And then uh -huh. they, we, we schedule it out. Weeks later, they go to the racetrack, we strap them in, we prep them. But the night before, they're actually so full of anxiety. They don't know what to expect. All of them are just, you know, like messaging me like almost till midnight. Like, hey, are you sure everything's like gonna be okay? Is it all I need is like a helmet? Yes. Just need to show up. Make sure you show up. Because <laughs> you know it's one thing to be candid about it, but when they actually get into it, it's not meant for everyone. Uh, okay. A lot of people aspire to be race car drivers or at least track or weekend track warriors, but some of them fall off just because of fear. Um, oh. But most of them that actually show up at the track, you know, they're just full of adrenaline, full of fear, all at the same time. So, you know, they go out the, they get out of the car after the, the actual testing, and then, you know, they're fully exhausted, winded. <laughs> they thought they're just sitting in the car. Mm -hmm. Just like they, you would just driving to work or going to the grocery where you're sitting in the car it takes 30 minutes to an hour. But our uh, performance at the track is you're, you're sweating entirely. Uh, you're using oh, wow. pretty much majority of your muscles and you're inside an encapsulated vehicle that doesn't have any air conditioning and you're, you're in a racing suit that has three layers of uh, fireproofing. Mm -hmm. So there's no wind, wind hitting your your body. So you're sweating like you're in a sauna. Wow. So it's very physically, and the G force is pushing your your whole body shifting from left to right, forward and backwards, up and down. It's basically very close to um, a jet fighter mentality. So wow. It's uh, that it's very sounds, That that sounds really intense. Oh my gosh. So how so tell me. How do you walk people through addressing the fears and self-doubt in their head? I mean, uh, it, does it, and do you have to after the first run or do the, like, leading up to, what does that, like, how do you kind of handhold them? The the mental game really is what the, I'm talking about, you know? Gotcha, yeah. I, I think it's really the, that's why I created the, the curriculum of my, my course. Uh, we, we always start off with the, uh, the class uh, seminars, mm. the actual board, like in class setting, where we teach the science and the knowledge base of what to expect, how to tackle every single uh, avenue that you're gonna face and confront 
while, while you're out there in the actual. Oh, you don't just throw them in the car, throw, throw a bunch of safety gear on them and throw them in the car and like, all right, you go, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be that easy and simple <laughs> because, of course, we're, we're dealing with very expensive equipment where sure. we don't pay millions and millions of pesos worth of uh, equipment and just like that. So it takes weeks of uh, training. I also teach some students where they buy a sports car and they want to learn with their own car. Majority of my students are like this. Mm. So I have still the same um, classroom setting where I teach the science. I have a curriculum, different chapters of uh, different pages. I have levels one, two, and three. And it tackles pretty much on the science part where if they do understand it, it alleviates the, the fear factor. Mm -hmm. And the understanding comes in more maturely of understanding what the what racing is really about. It's not about going fast, adrenaline, going for it 100%, but it's mainly about discipline, um, patience, consistency, and there's many more factors uh, behind that. But uh, the scientific part is really what addresses the fear of mm. uh, doing how everything is built into the car and control is derived from the pilot the racer not the car itself so you're in control anything you do to the car translates to the car and how it's going to perform at the track so if you're very tense you're going to hold the tight the, the steering wheel very tightly which is prone to being very sharp or too mm -hmm. agile or too rough which could demonstrate something that could lead up to a, an accident Wow. But the ones that are very relaxed has like a very, uh, you have to foresee at a very far distance and mentally prepare yourself before you arrive because you're going about 200 kilometers per hour into a corner. So you have to think of things way ahead and plan things. That's why it's very relatable to business and to someone's career or even other sports. You have to prepare and have foresight before something occurs. Because if you prepare yourself ahead of time and you're equipped with the skills that you discussed in the classroom, it's pretty much just how to demonstrate it out there. Uh, it minimizes the risk. And as long as you, you do things ahead of time versus if you cram last second, uh, mm. just like anything in life, you're, you're, you're bound to do better than to do worse. I see. So if I'm hearing you right, Don, the way that you would have your people, your, your your students, or anyone in general, I guess, address their fear, address the fear, or at least help deal with it, Anna, would be to yeah. study and prep, and then just jump in, I guess. What what do you say to that? Yeah. Uh... In anything in life, uh, it's not like it's motorsports is the only thing I got into. I, I put up <laughs> different ventures and businesses, or I had 10 different jobs before I found what I'm really good at. Mm -hmm. So you won't ever find out what you're good at until you try. Mm. And the most, uh, the most fearful event is the moment you're about to decide. You already know what you're interested in but you don't know what you're going to be good at. So if you don't know what you're going to be good at, 
yeah, you have to try it, right? But before you even try, it's the moment you take initiative and it could be as simple as searching on Google. Uh, if you're thinking of getting into golf or you're thinking of getting into scuba diving or putting up a small business or working for a, a big company, first you have to research on what you're interested in. in. And basically from there, you should, I would recommend look, taking up uh, seminars or classes or anything that relates to what you're interested in, just to put you into the, the right direction. And then from there, uh, you just need to just dive in. Uh, dive in, I would say it would take about three months to get so, uh, kind of familiar with what goes on to that industry. And then mm -hmm. it takes about a year to kind of settle in. So a lot of people tend to give up uh, in motorsports in the first few months, few months to six months. Because oh. there's a lot of factors. Not not only the budget, of course, it's a very expensive sport, but the pure factors, uh, you know, uh, just the discipline of what the requirement for your physical uh, mm -hmm. training, multiple things considering the venue, how far it is, but for other to relate your, this topic with other circumstances like uh, the business or people's career, it takes about three months to six months to really see if it's for you or not. That's why mm -hmm. you see a lot of people try out a certain job and they fall out after uh, three to six months or even after a year. Sometimes they stay there just to have a really good resume. <laughs> After a year, you know, if you want to try it out and see if it's for you, maybe it's something that you've been uh, bothered about, you just want to get it out. Uh, try it out and see if you're good at it. But you only start mastering a certain industry or skill. In the, there's this book I read, which was basically it takes 10,000 hours mm -hmm. to really master something. Mm -hmm. um, Depends on your industry. If it's a job, it could take eight hours a day. If you multiply that, divide that by 10,000 hours, how long it's going to take for you. For us in motorsports, uh, it takes about five years to really master to get the pro, pro series. Oh, wow. Uh, you only become amateur uh, up until your first or second year. Mm. But that's mainly the, the, the actual timeline, how it takes to master something. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll just you know, stay in the program. If you have to just weigh things if, if it's really for you or not. But it's for those who are just you know thinking of like probably you're stuck in a job or something that you're not really into. You really have to put yourself out there. The, the opportunity is not going to come to you. The opportunity is always out there, but you really have to just dive in and put yourself out. And it's the only way it's going to work. Uh, it's not going to come to you easy, but it's it's something where you have to take initiative and take the first move. And everything's just going to fall into place from there. As long as you remain hungry and uh, put yourself in a survival mode, meaning, you know, if you're, if you're in a comfort zone where you're still uh, thinking of, you know, testing things out. If let's say you're trying to put up a business and 
you have to be there 100 percent but you don't show up because you're still 50 percent at your physical job then you're only going to get the same output your business will only be just as good as your output so if you're 50 percent in and not fully committed don't expect 100 percent return so it's just sure. the same way yeah wow okay so what do you have to say for those people who feel like you know they can't do what you do they don't come from a good family or don't have a good support system like you or you know what have you what do you i, I know there's somebody out there that just would love to you know go after their dreams um go after their passion like you've been able to do but don't feel like they have the same you know uh pedestal of you if you will to to, mm -hmm. to stand on yeah that's actually a good question uh, a lot of people think that uh i had the uh, it was very easy like it was just you know uh given to me but technically uh the way i started i just literally i think i started uh, doing my nsl at a very young age with scooters uh, I had like mm -hmm. a, I had I think I saved up um, at a very young age. I did buy and sell until I sold my PlayStation, Nintendo, Game Boy, Game Gear back in the day. Sorry, I have the retiring age, but all <laughs> those things basically I I uh, I chanced upon good deals in the market, turned it into scooters. I was driving myself. Uh, to school at a very young age, at grade six, to school. I didn't even have a driver's license. I don't know. If oh I my gosh! National <laughs> yeah, I was buying, selling until I afforded my own car, and I used that car to bring myself to uh, the racetrack. Wait, so and, you worked and saved um, to buy your first car? That was not. That's not mommy and daddy money. Yeah. Even if uh, we come from a very average family, um, my, my parents, even my dad was in for racing. He never um, went out to buy me my, my first car. He saw that out of my interest in my my passion to actually pursue racing like him uh, and going through the whole bit of, you know, doing buy and sell and showing him that I found my, my own way, my own path to of my own path to the racetrack mm -hmm. uh, he saw not only he saw but a lot of people around the community saw uh, my passion and a lot of people just started diving in and uh, supporting me uh, to go wow. racing yeah they, so sponsors would pop up there was a time where i couldn't even afford a mechanic where i didn't even um i couldn't even sleep that night the day before the there is because I had problems in my, my car and I was wrenching until six in the morning. Uh, seven in the morning was the first actual practice and then qualifying. So I didn't have sleep, I was wrenching and I started oh from the back of the race and I went all the way to the front just because of my sheer per perseverance. But uh, I just got surprised at the end of the race. Uh, there are some fans that came over and they said, wow, that was a spectacular race. You came from the back. You went all the way to the front, but you fell to like third place. What happened to your car? We saw some smoke. And I was telling, oh, 
Yeah, I'm just running on a very low budget, so my brakes failed on me. I tried fixing it the whole night last night or having panics. And the guy just added me his business card. And uh, apparently, that guy was one of the, the owners of Philippine Airlines. And, you know, I, I didn't even know he was like a big, uh, oh big guy. But they just uh, they ended up sponsoring me, and a bunch of other companies started sponsoring me just because they saw my skill. But uh, yeah, it, it really takes um, a lot. And even after that story, uh, I started over again in 2010. I went to the US. I started from scratch. I went there to IO recession. And basically, uh, I let go of racing in the Philippines all over Asia. And I, I ended up uh, working for multiple corporations in the, in the US. Uh, I started from scratch all over until i couldn't let go of racing it was still inside of me and something just kept whispering behind my ear and said why don't you go to those car events down the neighborhood so after a year or two i eventually went to those car meets and those guys happened to be filipino filipino americans and they heard about my name back in the Philippines and they were like, what are you doing here in the U.S.? And I'm like, oh, I'm just like you guys uh, working a eight to five job. And, you know, I'm just here to hang out, talk about cars. And they're like, oh, we're actually going to the racetrack this weekend. Why don't you come along and come teach us? So I was like, you know, this this is really my destiny, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I ended up teaching everyone in that, that whole group, in that whole car meet. And there was a big big uh investor in that group and he, he basically wanted me to teach him but he said he'll support me go racing in the u.s that's why i became redline time attack and global time attack uh, champion in the u.s uh and multiple uh driving for multiple race teams uh work teams in the, in the u.s so until uh such time i became a nascar driver uh i raced in europe with the nascar um, and from there um, they launched the, the racing school again in the U.S. So, you know, if you really don't put yourself out there, um, it's really never going to happen. I really didn't get much of a opportunity until I put myself out there. Of course, I had to put hours and hours of seat time to get to that skill level. A lot of sacrifices to become that good for someone to sponsor me. Um, but the world is so big, there's always opportunities at every corner. You just need to be very cunning to, you know, grab it. And if you grab it, make sure you don't let it go. So that's always been my, my mentality coming to every, you know, phase in my life. So hopefully that inspires other people that think that they don't have the opportunity. But trust me, whatever industry, especially other industries are way more you know cheaper than motorsports motorsports <laughs> is the most expensive one so i mean if you're a boxer if you're into basketball or other sports or you could be putting up a, a small you know fishbowl stand around the corner um, business or even starting up with a small job you know i'm sure in corporate ladders there's always opportunities in different businesses there's always these struggles and opportunities. 
but you'll never ever find out until you try. That's uh, that's definitely the truth. Mm, yeah, I I hear you on that one. So tell yeah. us, what are you working on right now? What's 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 your latest project? Uh, my latest project, uh, basically, is <laughs> there's a, there's these secrets. Uh, yeah, I have to sign an NDE before I disclose okay. it on actual TV. No, what can you share with us? That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, we we have uh, for for now. Uh, I have two Filipino uh, Formula Four youngsters. Uh, uh, where they're aiming to go to Europe to compete in the international platform. So those are two big projects for 2024. So uh, I'll be coaching them. Uh, hopefully we'll be uh, representing the Philippine team. Uh, actually, there's the Olympics for motorsports happening next year. Mm -hmm. So uh, they did a soft launch, I think, back in 2021 or 2022, but they're launching it in full swing in 2024 and hopefully if I'm able to raise enough funds to represent our country in the Philippines, uh, you'll see me behind the wheel. I don't know in what car, hopefully a GP3 or a, a touring car or anywhere around that nature. But yeah, I'm putting up a Philippine team for, for the Olympics in motorsports uh, for the FIA games uh, in 2024. So that's something pretty big. Um, besides that, I have these other small I would say big projects that uh, it'll be a surprise for everyone. I don't want to disclose it. Just <laughs> okay, that's all right. Yeah. Oh gosh, but I mean, even that FIAA sounds so exciting for 2024. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, it's booming here in, in the Philippines. We've never had like an international, you know, um, race car driver making it to like F1 or NASCAR or um, Le Mans 24, but it's actually slowly happening right now. I have one student of mine, uh, her name is Bianca Bustamante. She just got picked up by the Formula Academy of uh, McLaren. But back then she got oh, picked up that. by the Oh women. my gosh, yes. Yeah, so she's, she got picked up and you know, she's all over the news right now. Um, I, was, I was lucky to be one of her coaches uh, at the very, uh, small chance uh, opportunity of mine that I, I gave my knowledge to her uh, oh, and many more uh, coaches around the Philippines was able to be part of uh, giving as much as we could and hopefully it, it helps her get to where she is now uh, we're just proud of her uh, but we're still continuing developing multiple uh, people uh, racers just like like her to to make it to Formula One hopefully that's amazing. I had no idea you contributed to that effort, but yeah. Yes. So, um, tell our audience how do we re how do they reach you if they want to get involved in what you're doing and uh, just the serious people. <laughs> like, uh, what's that? So, how how what what if somebody wants to get involved with what you're doing? How how do we get mm -hmm. a hold of you? Oh uh, yeah, you could always you know uh, reach out to our race forum. A page on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, I also host events, a race events called Super Touring Festival. Uh, you could also reach out to us through Facebook or Instagram as well. And uh, yeah, pretty much uh, if you just look up my name on Pastor Racing, 
on Instagram and Facebook, you could also reach out to me directly. Okay, awesome. Well, Don, thank you so much for your time today. Um, yeah. I really, we're really, really looking forward to what you're going to be um, putting out, what your students are going to be accomplishing, and just so excited for you for next year's FIAA races. Did I say that Absolutely. right? Absolutely. <laughs> thank you for having, us, uh, having me in the show, Francis. Absolutely. Yeah, we you. appreciate you so thank much. You. Yeah, thank you, everyone, for, for uh, listening in, and I uh, hope to see more people out there pursuing uh, what they want to do or what they dream, uh, just keep, keep pushing. Uh, don't be afraid to, to dive in. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Don Pastor, and I am your host, Francis Bauer, and this is Design Your Life. Ang ubo, mabilis lumala, kaya dapat agapan. Dapat New Solmix Advanced Syrup. May two times zinc para ang ubo, imbis na lumala, tulungang mabilis mawala. New Solmix Advanced Syrup. Unilab yan. Ang 40D, tumutulong patibayan ng vital organs, iwas sakit sa puso, at iba pang sakit.